it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. So here I have from da, 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 Hollywood, Florida, sounds crazy. I have Achim Nowak. I really hope I pronounced that correctly. And we're going to have the most extraordinarily interesting conversation. Um, Achim and I met on, I think, Twitter and LinkedIn, uh, but I had bought his books way before I'd even met him online. So I'm a true fan. Uh, he is a C-suite coach, globally helping execs really engage and feel good about the way they're engaging and therefore generate more income and all of those wonderful things. But there's also a lot of uh, theatre in Achim, so we might go there and all sorts of glorious stuff about how you could... This is very much taking you away from the online stuff that we've talked about in previous episodes, and we're getting you out there now with your energy release. So can I just simply say hello, Achim? Hello, Trisha Lewis. It's great to be with you. And, and we, we did work a bit on my pronunciation of your name because you're originally um, uh, from Germany. Correct, yes. So I, I, I had to work on my pronunciation of your name, but we, we got that. But... 16 you left germany and came to the I, US I, I, I i'm a foreign service child so my dad was sent to washington dc at when i was 16 and uh so it's interesting because i i i i, I see myself as a global person i see myself as a multicultural person i've lived in foreign countries and and i've learned to embrace that as as a wonderful thing and that's a perspective that I bring to my own business and to the people I support. And um, that's how I like to see the world, you know, where we celebrate all of this. <laughs> That'd be a nice world. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. That's nice. No, no closed doors, basically. And um, yeah, and it just sounds so glamorous when I say I'm speaking to somebody in Hollywood, but I'm sure it isn't all like Hollywood Boulevard, is it there? I mean, paint the picture. Well, it's, it's Hollywood, Florida, which is not Hollywood, LA, but it is a, a beautiful, slightly funky old Florida beach town, 30 minutes north of Miami. Uh, and it definitely has echoes of Hollywood uh, on the other in California. So we have the palm tree lined boulevards and we have a two and a half mile long boardwalk and a stunning beach. Oh. So I'm, I'm, I'm a Florida cliche. I moved here after 20 years in Manhattan. I didn't want another damn winter. So <laughs> this is a bit, but for the entrepreneurs who are listening, you know, I'm not into a nomadic lifestyle. I like having a home, but I like into living in a place that totally suits my spirit and my spirit is water bound. So this is a lifestyle choice. My business is global, but I live in a funky beach town because it makes my heart sing. So this oh. is why I'm here. And I, and I live in Bournemouth. So, you know, yes. we, we, we're, I, I'm with you on the whole water thing. Um, yeah. 
you you your sort of um, route to where you you're, you're working with C-suite execs now. You you were originally working more performance coach, weren't you? I I had a twelve year career as a professional theater director and acting coach in in New York. And it was a great career. And, and the only reason I left it is because I was a complete workaholic. Uh, I don't think you have to be, but I didn't know how to manage that life. But what I, I think the reason actors get hooked on acting, and I want to relate it to what we do as business owners, like actors get hooked on acting, not just because of the acclaim, but there is a deep part of training as an actor is you explore who you are. You learn, you learn, skills about accessing more of you and and acting you know is about being able to embody many states of being human and you'll learn how to do that so of course that's totally applicable to being fully human in the business world right um so there are many connections in my mind that is that's oh I, that's done my um marketing for me there Achim, because that's the message I'm getting out there because I, I struggled at first, actually. I was sort of told maybe to pull back on telling people about the acting because somehow it didn't mix with, you know, the business world. And I thought, I thought, no, that's not right. And this is people who maybe think of acting as, you know, Shakespearean theatre and that's the end of their knowledge of acting. But actually, as you say, if you've been through the journey of learning those skills over many years, totally totally transferable into all communication and particularly yeah but the, the deeper point behind what you just said and this is important i think for you and me and anybody who listens because i had the same story that you just mentioned i i coach really really successful people in big fortune 500 companies and and i i i, I love serving this audience and my thought was like, shoot, they're, they're not going to take me seriously if I know I was this acting coach. And what I've learned is they don't want to be coached by another person that was just like them in their corporate career. The fact that my past was different and offers a different perspective is a value. So for all of us, I think we put on unnecessary filters about, shoot, if I say this, they're not gonna take me seriously. Like there is very little in most of our pasts that if properly revealed, and of course I believe in boundaries and healthy boundaries, but properly revealed does not open a door to connection. I wanna give you one example. Um, and I, I, I've practiced you know, Indian spirituality for 30 years. I have no need to talk about it in public, but I would be sitting at these you know, high level business dinners where usually, conservative men, um, Christ-based religions, and they would talk about going to church with their families. So then the option was, do I shut up and pretend that I don't have a spiritual part? Or do I just volunteer that I do something different without judging what they're doing? And whenever I spoke up, uh, it enriched all of our conversations. I realized again that how much I was limiting, how I was showing up because of these these narratives I had about myself that were all false. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. And that's perfect. I love that. And that's really encouraging to people because we, which actually brings us on to something. By the way, I forgot to mention, I mean, this will all be in the show notes, but Achim has written three books, um, Power Speaking in 
is it infectious? I want to get this right. Infectious. Infectious. And um, the moment, and every one of them is is uh, gold dust. But he's also done a TEDx talk, which I'll put in the show notes. And that's kind of the topic I just want to dig into a little bit now, because that TEDx talk was called Enough Already. Yes. It, Give us this overview because this really links with with people being bombarded with too much um, stuff. Well, it, it it builds right on what we were talking about. I, I remember as a when I think of going to high school, I went to this private German high school in the suburbs suburbs of Washington D.C. We were a small class of six students, which is nutty. And when I would come home from school. Uh, my mom would inquire about the grades, but she really then asked like, what grades did the others have? So the idea is that I had to be better than the others. The grade only mattered if it was better than other people's. Uh, and, and so that context was taught from the very beginning. In, in the corporate space where I play, and there rightfully is, um, is a focus on assessing people and understanding where they are, which is very important. But in the United States, many companies have a nine block system where you have these nine boxes and your committee sits down and we go, well, which box do we put Trisha in? Is she high potential or not? Is she a superstar or not? And there might be debates about it and does she have the potential to go there? But a lot of it is, of course, entirely subjective, isn't it? I've, I've been in those conversations. They're both necessary and really uncomfortable because if, because only two or three people usually make it to that top box, and then the implication is that everybody else is already mediocre and not good enough. You know, so the con that, that is loaded. And when you meet with your manager, she or he will reinforce that with you, you know? Absolutely. And you were talking about all these messages that are put out, you know, no limits, push further, you're more powerful than you think. What is that doing to our brains? It's not good. It's not good. And, and so it's just, you rightly say, I mean, I even talk about defining success because people get into such a, a weird space in their heads. I mean, I've done quite a lot of stuff on, let's just give it a label, although I'm not really into labels, but imposter syndrome, I know will be familiar to some people, but it's very much in this same bucket as this sense of not being enough. But that sense is, has been pushed on us by a whole set of messages, which are, are based on nothing real. Well, well, it's, it, <laughs> I had a business for 15 years, an international training and coaching company. It did really well. I sold it. I have a new business. It's called, my new business is Brilliant Best. But it's so interesting with the people I hang out with. Again, I'm, I'm giving you an American context. Um, the unspoken message is, unless you make at least a million dollars a year, you're a sucker and a loser, right? Um, I need very little to live on. I have a house that I've paid off. Um, I don't need to make a million dollars. And it's, and I don't say that because I have low self-esteem or I don't think I can make it. Um, but even with my new business, there are there constant messages about how I should scale it. And I have a wonderful business coach I work with. I said, uh, this is a lifestyle business. I, I'm not interested in scaling. I've already had a company where I have 
had 10 people work for me. I like that right now. I have a woman who runs my business. She's a partner, but I, I don't want to have subcontractors. So I, want, I, I don't want any of that structure, but it's almost like you have to defend that because the narrative is, okay, you're going to grow it. You're done. Uh, you know, you know that what we're talking about it and it's, it's relentless. So mm -hmm. it takes courage to really say for me, making X amount of dollars I mean, a year is enough. Mm. Uh, yeah, I totally yeah. understand that. Yeah, yeah, I think we should all just calm down and, and start from start from a place that's coming from inside you, not being being injected into you from outside. So, so that that's kind of, which then brings us on to, you know, this inner... This inner stuff, Achim, which, you know, we could sort of get really into. Um, but in terms of, let, let's just apply it to people getting out there and being worried about doing things like talks or even necessarily mingling with people at a networking event or any of these things with face-to-face -face communication where you feel like you, you want to be able to engage people, but you also feel like you don't want to shout and be the one doing funny tricks and telling jokes and all the rest of it so you and i know that there's something else that happens in order to engage and connect and it isn't to do with being loud well since you mentioned twitter at the beginning um i played pretty aggressively in twitter for about three or four years before I did, I had a real attitude about it, like nothing in me wanted to be on Twitter. Um, what I quickly learned is that, and I believe in, in, for, for the business owners listening, it's not about doing everything, it's about doing a few things and fully committing to them, that's the key. Instead of doing it, everything half-assed, excuse my English. And, but tw Twitter played strategically gave me access to people I normally wouldn't have met, but the access only mattered when I met them in person. You know, I, I have a life where I, I, I was traveling a lot, so suddenly I would be in Boston, and there's somebody who I admire, we're Twitter friends, I say, let's grab a meal. And then amazing stuff happened. But I, one thing I've learned, I, I trust where the connection feels, I hate this word, but I would say it feels authentic. Mm -hmm. I, I don't chase people just because she or he has this fantastic title, I should get to meet them and let me run after them. Mm -hmm. No, there's an organic connection that's evolving, like what's happened with you and me, mm -hmm. which is why we're having this conversation. And then uh, the key is to meet in person for me. I, I'm very old school that way. And uh, I've had many marvelous things happen because online connections led to personal meetings and that still makes a difference i believe yeah no i'm i absolutely and and then when you're there when you're so people people often think oh, i've got to be you've just said how not how being authentic and by the way why why are we no longer able to use this word it's like, well, but no but let me I, I i'm very passionate about this so let me um yeah so and this comes from my acting training. Achim can be authentically many different things. So I think if I am a um, self-aware and accomplished person, um, 
I make a choice about who I bring to certain situations. And obviously that person needs to be a part of me and not some fake show I put on. Uh, but Carl Jung uses the term persona, not as a fake persona, but an aspect of myself. But if you have friends, for example, who like when you go on a job interview and say, just be yourself, you know what? Nobody wants you to be yourself on a job interview. They want you to bring your best self, you know? Uh, so we make choices, but the choices can be authentic. They don't need to be fake. But being a successful adult means we choose in a way that's helpful to the context that we're in. Oh, God. I, I honestly, I couldn't be more, more in an alignment with you there because that's why the words become a problem because people don't unwrap it and really understand what they're saying. And yeah. you know, of course, you're not the same person slobbing on the sofa of an evening watching rubbish TV as you are doing a presentation or in a business meeting or whatever it is, or even talking to your children. I mean, you, you, yeah, there's different use you're, you're so yes. smart yeah spot on so how do you then make that work when you're in a situation let's take um well you you've you've been asked to stand up and do a little presentation okay and you're all these thoughts are going through your head about oh, i've got to do this and i've got to do it like that and i've got to be like this and i've got to be like that them because they're a brilliant presenter and inside you're a mess of nerves and now now somebody said oh no just fake it till you make it and so you've got this message going on inside you go oh feel the fear and do it anyway and ah can we, can we be beautifully mindful now <laughs> and just bring this down to some core ingredients that that ultimately create what you're trying to do, which is create that connection with the audience. This is such a meaningful topic to me personally, because I, my first book was a public speaking book that's done really well called Power Speaking. Uh, so I've coached people all over the world on public speaking. Myself, I don't love public speaking myself. I, um, one reason was like, I'm a horrible memorizer. I was, I'm an improviser because I come from theater. Um, and if the audience gets too large, I know I get energy back from the audience, but it still feels like a one-way communication. And I thrive on two-way communications. But here's what set me free. It's interesting, you mentioned, I did a TEDx talk called Enough Already. And the coach I worked with, and this is funny, I've been, I've been teaching other speakers for over 20 years. And the coach did something with me that literally set me free. Uh, and this, this, this was tackling my fear of being up there and not remembering what you're saying, which when you do a TEDx talk, which is going to be a video document for life, I'm sorry, but you don't want to wing it. You, you want to be concise in your choice of language. So he said to me, and I, I would say this for everybody, if you have to give a speech, start this a week beforehand. Make sure it's written down. And it doesn't mean you're not going to deviate, but write it down. And then at night before you go to bed, you record yourself. And as you go to bed, you listen to it and yourself, which means that it goes into your subconscious. You listen to it again first thing in the morning when you wake up. So you're absorbing it. But by replaying, I would figure out, well, this sounds good, but it doesn't flow as well as we like. So during the day, I would make adjustments. The next evening, I record myself again, listen back. So you get the concept. So the idea is that by the time I get up in front of an audience, I don't think about what I'm saying. 
I'm a free channel in the moment, but I've done my homework. And it's not about, you know, um, diabolically reviewing the text all the time. This simple preparation technique set me free. And I have found a new level of enjoying public speaking because I feel like when, when I step out in front of an audience, I trust that I know what I'm saying. It doesn't have to come out the way I rehearsed it, but you know what, it, 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 it changed it for me. I love that. And I've watched that talk and I can, I can see, I can, I can feel it and see it. And that is more or less exactly the process that I talk through with clients. You using that little voice app on their phones yes. and recording it. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. And also walking around um, and saying it, you know, going yes. to walk around the, the park or whatever, just, and so like you say, you just, you get as, it, you're as, there. As, 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 as long as you don't get picked up by the police as a mentally disturbed person, <laughs> because you're talking to yourself. So there is a line you want to watch, Trisha, okay? You, you are right. But fortunately in this day of, of phones, everybody's True. talking to themselves. Um, so I, no, I absolutely love that. And energy okay that just i just love that word energy and you you go into a huge amount of glorious detail uh, with chakras and all sorts yeah. in your book infectious but you know but it is just it's quite interesting because i read something that um i did this is in one of your books and you were talking about how somebody had talked about faking energy fake it till you feel it and I know for a lot of listeners, I think you can't do that. And I talk about people putting a smile on, you know, from inside their stomach, from their toes all the way through to their eyes and everything, even although they feel like rubbish that morning, if they're going into a situation, they need to have that energy. And people think, well, no, but it's not real. How's it going to work? But it, it does, doesn't it? Well, there are, when it comes to actor training, um, there are, two radically different approaches. I mean, there are many more than that, but if I want to simplify it, one is if I want to, if I'm playing a person that's supposed to be happy, I do a sense memory where I go back to moments when I felt happy and I remember those moments and suddenly those feelings get re-triggered in myself and that they're associated with my character. The other one that people tend to poo-poo more is just, I may not feel happy in the moment, but let me just, let me just, take a leap of faith and act happy. And at some point it's going to feel real. So we, that's working from the outside in. And I don't suggest you always work from the outside in. I think it behooves us to, to know how to be genuinely happy from the inside out. But if I act like I'm in a good mood at some point, because I'm going to get that back from other people who meet me that way. And then I'm picking up on their good mood and we're, to go back to the title of my segment, we're infecting each other with good mood and, and then it suddenly is real. So if you're yeah. willing to walk through that discomfort of the first minute where maybe it feels fake and then, wow, there we are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it is that um, connection that you get with, um, I, I always talk, I always say people should maybe think when they present, although it might only be them doing the talking, your kind of mindset should be more like a conversation. Do, do yes. you agree with that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I, I'm, a, I'm, a great, I'm a great believer in structure sets you free and rehearsal sets you free. 
Um, and even though it, it's funny because I live in the Miami area and when I give keynotes, I rehearse with, you know, the, the, the top speaking coach in Miami who happens to be a good friend of mine. And, and the reason I do it is besides my own rehearsal, it forces me to say it out loud in front of a witness. Um, and I immediately know if it feels conversational or not. And she will call me out on it and she will say, can you say this differently? I notice when my sentences get too long, the sen shorter sentences are better, you know, so we shouldn't speak like a written memo, you know, and, uh, and, but we, we only discover it by actually doing it. So I'm a great, because I come from theater, I believe in the rehearsal process and rehearsing with others and in getting it into the body oh. and then we can be free. Oh, you're, you're literally selling my coaching program for me, I mean, which is really kind of you. Thank you. For anyone oh, you're very, you're very welcome. You. Everybody who's listening, <laughs> since I'm in Miami and Trisha is in the UK. Yeah, you know, if, if I'm easier to get to, hey. Please, please, please go, go grab Trisha, will you? <laughs> I just love this. And there's, there's this thing of not using mere tricks. You know, that, that isn't how this works. It's like um, you can get the most polished of speakers but you're people will know this you sit in the audience and nothing's happening you're not it's just not working however much they're projecting their voice and they're standing like this and they've got all their structures worked out and their roman columns of that you know it's nothing's happening and and once you've lost people it, it's quite difficult to get them back so what it is that makes the difference isn't necessarily all these clever bits and bobs stuck on about how to present it's the energy thing isn't it it's the it's the presence and well i i, I like to joke and then part of this job i like to joke when, when i when i when i'm hired to coach really successful business leaders you know they're usually in their 40s or 50s age-wise they've already spoken a lot i'm hired to unpolish people you know that's really what i do and sometimes there are like the technical stuff, like I'm currently coaching uh, an, an Italian scientist who I adore. He happens to have a pretty thick accent in English. So we're working on helping him be more understandable. That's a technical skill. But everything else is about just uh, having him fade. Like when he improvises, he's so smart, he always sounds great. Stone's thing is, you know, just trust that you're not going to say anything stupid. You know, so uh, instead of memorizing some stupid script and going down the bullet points on the slide, just tell me what you know and what excites yeah. you about what's on this slide because you're so darn smart and that's your voice, which I want to hear. Oh, 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 I'm really going to struggle to come to the end of this conversation, but obviously I have to. You, you, you know, you've got the rest of the day there in front of you. Um, and I'm, you know, talk about energy. I'm, mine, is, mine is beginning to drop here at half past four in the afternoon. Um, but I've been utterly energized by speaking to you and I knew I would be. And hopefully maybe in a year's time, you'll come back and we'll do part two because there's way too much more I want to talk about. And meanwhile, where, where, where do we want to direct people to, to mm -hmm. connect with you? I'm very easily found on LinkedIn, you know, Achim Novak. And uh, my business is called Brilliant Best and, and it has an unusual moniker. So it's brilliantbest.expert. Uh, 
And that gives you a sense of what I do. And almost everything I do, I, I work virtually. So I work with people all over the world. Um, one thing that might really interest you as we wrap this up, because you're talking about energy, because I'm still a little high. I, I do a couple of times a year, I do something called a flow forward retreat, which is that the idea about generating forward emotions in our life without, without pushing and trying so hard. So the notion of flow, which is the deepest engagement of life um, and which is the deepest level of energetic engagement. So it's a very experiential retreat. It's in Fort Lauderdale, just outside of Miami. We, we go to the, we, we, we eat on, on the water. We, we meditate, we go to a horse ranch. We do all sorts of stuff. It's powerful. Oh. So you've, all of that's described on a brilliant best art expert. Oh, oh I tell you, if, um, yeah, I, well, if I could wave a magic wand, I'd be, I'd be out there experiencing all these things because the, the, that's just, I love the word flow. We could do an entire episode on just that word. Um, so, so I'm going to be very brave now and say goodbye. And I will do the show notes with all these, these lovely links. But I, this has been wonderful way to end my work day. And uh, yeah, let's do it again sometime. Uh, Any time you know, anytime. And don't make me wait for a year. Okay. <laughs> okay I'll, I'll take you up on that. Bye-bye, Achim. Bye-bye, Trisha. Yes! Take action. Try this one small step. I'm going to give you a tip straight out of Achim's book called Power Speaking. It's to try and start getting some insight into what happens to you when you take on the role of being a speaker. Get a piece of paper and ask yourself these two questions. Write them down. Number one, ways in which I feel like myself when I speak. Answer that question. Number two, ways in which I don't feel like myself when I speak. As he says, it's a simple reflection to help you gain a clearer insight into the confines you may or may not create for yourself when you get up to speak. He also suggests getting other people to give you that feedback as well. But it is. How do you feel? Good one. Thanks, Achim. A lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode. Never be replaced.